sure as God made green apples, someday the Chicago Cubs are going to be in the World Series. And maybe sooner than we think. Here's the old line. This is going to be a tough play. What's going on, Cubs fans? You're listening to Lockdown Cubs, part of the Lockdown Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Sean Sears, and we're breaking out the brooms today because the Cubbies swept the Marlins. We'll break down Cole Hamill's performance in this game, another big game from Daniel Lascal, so go over his performance as well in this first uh, segment. Preview Friday's games. The Cubs will have an off day Thursday against the Diamondbacks, and we'll take a quick look at the NL Central standings before we wrap up the show. Um, tomorrow's episode, just so you guys get a little idea here, we do have an off day episode planned with Tony Indraki from NBC Sports Chicago. We're going to get his take on the Cubs and where they've been as he's been following the team closer than most people, obviously, being on the beat um, for NBC Sports. So we'll get his take on this team and where he sees them landing as uh, they start to kind of right the ship a little bit. You can get Locked on Cubs on the brand new podcasting app, Himalaya, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn App, Radio, Stitcher, anywhere you can find podcasts, you should be able to find Locked on Cubs. For some reason, if you can't, tell your smart speaker, your smart device to play podcast Locked on Cubs for all our great content. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Cubs. Subscribe to our YouTube show, which is now on the Cubs Insider channel. You can follow the show on Twitter at Talking Cubs Show, and then you can follow me on Twitter at Sean R. Sears. So let's recap this game. Obviously, huge win for the Cubbies, taking three games from the Marlins, winning Wednesday six to nothing. It was a big game. Cole Hamill starting off the day, or another excellent start. Seven innings, three hits, eight strikeouts, no walks. Cole Hamill's locked in. Now, of course, you don't want to give Hamels too much credit. The Marlins only scored two runs in this series, but I, I think a lot of that had to do with the pitching. I mean, the Marlins, obviously not a great team. I think they had their best scoring chance in the entire series in the seventh inning of this game today. Um, it was actually an, it was a great job by Cole Hamels to work himself out of a jam. Uh, Martin Prado singled with one out in the inning, and then I believe Brian Anderson reached on a fielder's choice as Chris Bryant attempted to throw him out, but there was a throwing error from Bryant. Anderson safe. Prado moves to second on the throwing air. Jorge Adelfo shortly after singled over the left field side, was able to keep everyone on bases, though. So with one out, bases loaded, Starling Castro coming up to the plate. A very unorthodox strikeout from Castro, at least in a moment where he's usually, he's usually pretty good with two strikes and locking in and making sure he's trying to go with a pitch, but he just chased a fastball that just didn't even look like it was going to come close to the zone. Strikes out. And then Miguel Rojas comes up to the plate and lines out to Zilberston right for the third and final out. So that was the lone scoring chance really the Marlins had in this game and the series in general. Cole Hamels worked himself out of it here. But going over the scoring here for the Cubs, uh, Daniel Escalso in the second inning singled on a ball on the left field side. Wilson Contreras was able to scamper in and score for the first run of the game. Um, 
a lot of really good pitches from Alcantara that kind of tailed off, and Descalso, Hayward had a couple hits like that as well, where they just kind of let the ball travel and go with it to the left side of the plate. Um, Javier Baez had a single two later in this game in the third inning, I believe, doing the exact opposite thing of Descalso and going the opposite direction of him, um, going up on a single, allowing Chris Bryant to score from second, and he snuck in after that on the, the throw. It was cut off to home and thrown over to second, but he was able to slide in under under the tag and get there to make it a double. Hayward then singled, doing the same thing as Descalso going with it the opposite way to left field, letting that two-seamer travel and just shoot it through the left side of the field. Hayward shot the ball, uh, Baez scores on the play, Cubs leading 3 nothing, and then Descalso hit a double that probably should have been caught maybe. Um, the outfielder, Austin Dean, just misplayed it. It felt like maybe lost it, but it, it just felt like he was traveling and traveling, and I think he thought it was going to bounce off the wall or something, but it just dropped in front of him and then hit the wall. Descalso was able to score or get to second. He drove in two more runs, Contreras and Hayward, as they take a 5 nothing lead here in that third inning. Then, strangely, the Cubs don't get another hit or a base runner until the eighth inning, and, and they don't actually don't have another base runner throughout this game, but hey, uh, Javier Baez hits a home run kind of right center, Makes it hits his six of the year, makes the game six nothing, and that was the last hit of the game for the Cubs at least. Uh, Alan Webster came in later in this game and closed it out. Not actually a close, obviously, but Hamill's going seven. It was Brad Brock came in with two strikeouts in the eighth and then the ninth. Webster came in with a strikeout, allowed two hits, but it was able to work himself out of that. Cubs win six nothing. So this Marlins team obviously not very good. They are not a challenging lineup at all. Uh, and they're moving guys around right now trying to figure out something, but ultimately not a great team. Sandy Alcantara, outside of that third inning that kind of just got away from him, pitched really well. He had seven strikeouts, only one walk, was able to go six innings, like I said, didn't allow another hit uh, throughout this game So until he was pulled later, and, and opposite the Marlins gave up the home run to Tobias, but this was a good game, a really good game, a very good game from Daniel Descalso, too, who has been incredibly hot. He had two hits, obviously three RBIs, um, was just a big piece to this team and has been in these last two games. He he was batting, I believe, seventh tonight because Zobers was leading off and playing right field to start the game. Um, I like him in that leadoff spot. At least he's done well there, but he's just hitting great right now. He's been a huge piece. He's OPSing 952 currently, so... Uh, I don't know what more you could really say about Descalso, but that was just a great performance he had against the Marlins. I hope he can continue hitting as hot as he has as we go to the Diamondbacks and throughout the season here. Um, Javier Baez also hitting well. Dude just spraying the ball everywhere. And uh, Jim DeSage had a great comment saying, you know, basically you put the ball anywhere in the zone with some spin and Baez is finding a way to just put it in play and get a hit out of it. And that's exactly what he's doing. I mean, there's been a couple balls too where like he's just been able to track a breaking ball even though it's maybe a couple couple feet or so outside the strike zone he just kind of reaches over with his bat and he's just so smart and has such excellent hand-eye coordination he can just get the bat head on the ball and kind of just place the ball where he needs it to which is a great thing to see from Javier Baez it was something that I mean the guy just swings hard no matter what it feels like but there are times where I mean at least this in this early part of the season so far I've seen him take a really nice b-hack almost on some pitches while he may not even be down but he just knows in the situation he's got to get on base he's got to create runs he's got to do something and you know 
I can appreciate that because you don't always have to smack the ball as hard as you can. And it's frustrating that it's taken Javier Baez to age 26 <laughs> to figure that out. But, I mean, it's great that he's making these adjustments now because that was really what we were missing last year with that MVP-type season. As, as great as Javier Baez was, he still wasn't necessarily the guy you always wanted up with the game on the line because he could change it with a swing, but he could also do a lot more damage than he could, and especially if there's only one out or two outs or runner on first, something like that. Javier Baez loves to pop up on those balls sometimes for some reason or strike out so it's nice seeing that he can make those adjustments i just would like to see it against maybe some better pitching there's one bad takeaway to take away from this marlin series is that anthony rizzo and chris bryant still not hitting relatively well um rizzo was hitless with one strikeout in this game today batting 159 on the season and then chris bryant did get a hit did score a run um, but strike out twice his batting average now at 219 those guys have to pick it up if the Cubs are going to start beating some of these better teams. Obviously, you know, it's early in the season and, you know, you can say all the caveats you want at this point, but we're almost a month into baseball. We're getting close to that point where, you know, this is kind of how the season could be going if, if things don't start picking up. So we have to see Rizzo and Brian pull together. Obviously, Rizzo had a slow start to the season last year and really tore it on and, and became, you know, Anthony Rizzo like we expect. Chris Bryant was on the verge of doing that as well until he hurt his shoulder. So, I mean, I'm not. It's not a cause for concern. I don't think necessarily, but it's it's something that we're definitely gonna have to see a better performance out of these guys. Because even like like Chris Bryant, just swinging at pitches he doesn't necessarily chase after. Uh, Anthony Rizzo taking strike threes that he's never really done that before. It, it just very weird. They just both seem out of it right now. So I thought maybe the warm weather might warm them up a little bit and get them going, but it hasn't quite happened yet. So they're gonna come back to Wrigley. And, hopefully not deal with any more snow or rain or whatever is coming. It's, it's likely rain and cold, but <laughs> hopefully it gets better. So that'll about do it here for the first segment. Now, before we jump into our second segment, I do have a quick word from our sponsor, Blue Chew. Guys, let's talk about sex. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, bluechew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, on even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever a moment arises. Now this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants that extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the U.S., and since Bluetooth prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit Bluetooth.com and get your first shipment free when you use special promo code MLB. Just pay $5 for shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code MLB to try it free. Bluetooth is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring Lockdown Cubs. Welcome back to Lockdown Cubs. Here in the second segment, we're going to preview Friday's game. Excuse me, Friday's game uh, here on this episode because we're going to be talking with Tony on tomorrow's episode. But it'll be Kyle Hendricks and the Cubs facing off with the Diamondbacks and Merrill Kelly. Kelly, a rookie, has a 3.79 ERA, a 1-1 record, throws from the right side, 17 strikeouts compared to just three walks so far this season. Um, has made three starts so far. His first against San Diego was able to win that game, go six innings, give up five hits, three earned runs, two walks, three strikeouts, and 88 pitches. Played against Boston. 
Um, lost that game, won eight innings, four hits, only one earned run, nine strikeouts, gave up a solo shot, and that was the difference in that game. Uh, San Diego, once again, was no decision, five innings, eight hits, four earned runs, five strikeouts to one walk, did allow another home run in that game, went 95 pitches. So Kelly's got some swing and miss potential, um, but it seems like he has a little bit of susceptibility to home runs. He's given up at least a home run, or at least a home run in all three of his starts. So Cal Hendricks, obviously not doing much better this season. He's 0-3, but 5.40 ERA. Things have not been great for Kyle on the mound, as we've seen his first three starts of the year, obviously all ending in losses. He's only managed to go past the fourth inning once against the Angels, and that was probably his best start of the year. And that was two earned runs, three runs altogether, two strikeouts, one walk. Just not great. Yeah, he was gave, gave up six hits. He's given up a lot of hits on all of his starts, 10, 8, and 6. He's lowered it down each game so far. But they're hitting him not hard, but a lot. And I know that the, the Brewers did tee off on him. Uh, Christian Yelch had a home run off of him, I believe. Um, Hernan Perez also had a home run off of Kyle Hendricks, I believe, in one of those games, but not not great. They have not been very good against uh, – Kyle Hendricks has not been pretty good against anyone. It just seems like his velocity is down right now at about 86 miles per hour. Um, it did get closer to 87, 88 a few times early in that game, but it just doesn't seem like it's happening. And when that happens, it moves – his ball doesn't drop as much. It moves more left and right, and it just seems like balls are leaking over the plate more so for him than I think he's anticipating. So what he thinks is going to be maybe a sinker or a two-seamer hitting the bottom corner of the plate is actually moving more towards the inside of the plate and maybe not as low as he's expecting. So essentially right down the middle. So same thing with his changeup. It seems to be moving more left and right than dropping. If his velocity ticks up, as we've seen it come together with Hendricks a couple years ago, he was able to figure out what his issue was and start going. It was all mechanical. This doesn't seem like that, or maybe it is, and he just hasn't identified what the issue is. But Hendricks should work himself out of this. Hopefully, the Diamondbacks are a team that they can do that with. He should get plenty of support offensively from the Cubs. The Diamondbacks, not a very good pitching staff right now. Their rotation is just hot mess. I think Robbie Ray is the only starter right now with an ERA below three, and everyone else is nearly four or five, some sixes in that rotation. It's not great. Kelly's been one of the lone spots right now, and even his couple starts have been kind of questionable just because he's so young. So the Cubs should be able to score quite a bit against uh, the Diamondbacks, hopefully. Obviously, no one in this team has seen Kelly yet, so that'll be kind of somewhat of a mystery and could aid him a little bit. Um, in terms of Hendricks, no one on the Diamondbacks sees him relatively well. Um, Peralta, David Peralta, that is, is the only guy that's seen him a couple times. He's seen him in 12 games. He's OPSing 606. Uh, Nick Ahmed has seen him nine times and has still not hit him. Eduardo Escobar is OPSing 1160, excuse me, 1143 against him right now. Um, he's only seen him in seven games. And then also Adam Jones has seen him in one game. He's OPSing 3000. So, uh, you know, not a ton of guys have seen Hendricks relatively a ton. And the sample size is pretty small for most of these guys. So um, that's a good sign for the Cubs. Hopefully Hendricks can maybe locate a little bit better, keep the ball down, and the Cubs can come out with a win here. Uh, Friday's game is a 120 start. So if you guys are going to the game, make sure you get there a little bit early. Um, I do believe Friday's temps right now, I think it's about 51 degrees roughly is what's going to be around there. It might rain. So if you're going to the game, just be prepared. Obviously, for anything, it is Chicago. And we did have snow last week and then 60-degree weather. So, you know, there are no rules here. Um, I forgot to mention this in the first segment, but Javier Baez had his 500th career hit on that opposite uh, oppo single in the third inning. So... Shout out to Javier Baez for getting his 500th career hit. And then I also, I never corrected myself on Tuesday's episode. I said that you Darvish's win against the Marlins was his first win as a Cub. 
It was not. He did pick up a win last year. That was his first win of 2019. So clarify that. I know I said a couple things. Also, someone kind of gave me a hard time with saying the Angels were one of the better teams in baseball. Uh, their bullpen was incredible, and they were incredibly hot coming into that series with the Cubs before my truck got hurt. So, yeah, they were looking like one of the better teams. But, obviously, it's a very arbitrary thing to say. Small sample size. I can't say that enough. Caveat, caveat, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, people that were blowing me up on Twitter, I'm aware the Angels aren't fantastic. I'm sorry that I said that. I misspoke. Okay. Are we good now? Um, CJ Edwards looks like he's heading to the IL for the uh, AAA Iowa Cubs. It sounds like he fell down some stairs and scraped his pitching hand. Um, things just seem to kind of pile on for Hendrick or for. For CJ, who obviously had to change his motion right as the season started, got demoted. This has happened. And then before all this, too, as well, there's an investigation going on right now with uh, CJ Edwards apparently receiving racist messages on Instagram. The MLB and Players Association is looking into it. Players Union, excuse me. Uh, there's a quote from the MLB saying, We are aware of the situation. We have a team that works with social media companies to take appropriate actions in situations like this. So they're investigating this. We haven't necessarily heard exactly what the quotes are or comments are, but I'm sure we can all imagine some of the things. That could be said to CJ. It's obviously disappointing. No one wants to see that, and there's no place for it. So I uh, I hope this is handled swiftly and taken care of in the correct manner. But, you know, I'm sorry CJ even had to deal with that. I'm sure him and his family don't need that this moment. So Tommy Birch tweeted, uh, Nico Horner slash line through 11 games at AA Tennessee, batting 300 with a 404 on base, 475 slugging. He has three doubles, two triples, and was told if he hit, which he is, it would be only be a matter of time before he is in Iowa this season. So Tommy Birch, obviously the beat writer for the Moine Register who covers the Iowa Cubs. Tommy's a good friend of uh, excuse me, of uh, Ryan and myself here on the show. He'll, he'll probably be on the show at some point this year, so you guys will hear from Tommy. He's a fun guy. Okay, quickly, let's take a look at the NL Central standings. First, we'll recap what happened yesterday. The Pirates dropped it or excuse me, one in extra innings against the Tigers, 3-2. to two. The Dodgers beat the Reds, 3-2 to two as well. Walker Bueller against Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray owned three to start the year. Did make that start, though. There was a question whether or not he was going to be able to get in. The Cardinals beat the Brewers, 6-3. to three. That's kind of a win for the Cubs, but also not necessarily. And obviously the Cubs beat the Marlins, so that puts the standings at this right now. Milwaukee, 12-7, leading this division. Pittsburgh at 10-6, just a half game back from the division lead. St. Louis now 10-7, only a game and a half back. Cubs at 8-9 are only three games back now, and Cincinnati drops to six games back at 5-12. So division tightening up a little bit. Pittsburgh hanging around. Their pitching is really holding them together right now. Um, Chris Archer should be off his suspension, I believe, soon in time to make his next start. He served a five-game suspension in that brawl that was between him and the Reds. Um, But... Pittsburgh's pitching is really holding things together. Their offense not necessarily doing the same. St. Louis, just a tough team to read right now because they've got some guys like Colton Wong just crushing and mashing him and Paul DeYoung in the middle. And then Goldschmidt's got seven home runs, I think, but only 15 hits on the year, so half his hits are home runs. It's tough to identify what this team is right now. Pitching kind of all over the place. If the Cubs can kind of hold it together and maybe steal a couple more series before they face off these teams, uh, they could be in a good spot here. But Milwaukee looks legit, as I think anyone can imagine. It's just a question of whether or not their pitching, in terms of starting-wise, can hold up in time to where their bullpen can come back and get their reinforcements at Jim Jeffers and whatnot. So 
interesting stuff so far through we're almost almost through halfway through uh, our first four weeks of baseball here so that's awesome so thanks for sticking around for lockdown cubs like i said tomorrow that we will be having tony and Drackey on the show talk about all things cubs remember to get this show every day subscribe to lockdown cubs on the new himalaya podcasting app in an ever-expanding podcasting world you need himalaya with their personally curated playlists and new features every day download himalaya at your app store and subscribe to lockdown cubs make sure you follow us on twitter at lockdown cubs you can follow myself sean r sears on twitter thanks for tuning in to your daily cubs podcast enjoy the rest of your day and go cubbies